Blog Talk Radio. From that, I wanted to share some very important message with the university students today. Because I realize many times when students, young people join university, they lose track. They lose track of very, very important targets, very important goals for which they come to university. And there has been a big outcry across the universities over the state of the quality of the life of the students, the, the kind of life they live in universities. Now we hear today of great immorality in the universities, and I'm talking about universities world over. I'm talking about Egerton University, I'm talking about University of Nairobi, I am talking about Kenyatta University, I'm talking about Massachusetts Institute of Technology, MTI, MIT rather, I'm talking about Technion, the Israel Institute of Technology. I'm talking about Universitat Haifa in Israel. I am talking about University of Central Oklahoma, Harvard University, Cornell. I'm talking about Baraton, USIU, Moy University, Masinde Muliro, Maseno, Kabarak. All universities across the globe. University of Seoul. Many times now we have heard of the great immorality that has consumed our young people when they enter universities. And it's a very sad state of the affair because when they come to university, they normally come in as very innocent young people that are simply seeking for guidance, direction, help seeking for education, seeking to mold, mold and build their futures. But of late, what has happened is that many things, immorality, devil worship, homosexuality, pornography, alcoholism, drug addiction, rebellion, anger, mutiny, discord, disrespect, dishonor. And, and so this, this evil, this bucket of evil has established itself across universities. And the young people have gotten embroiled into it, engaged in this. And the manifestation of it is now the quality of their lives, even as you look at the young people in the universities. You see that they're going to devil worship. You see that abortion fetuses are thrown into the bathrooms. They are bought and they throw fetuses in the bathrooms, in the toilets. They try to flush the, the fetuses that cannot go through where people shower, they wake up and find fetuses that have been thrown there. That is now the manifestation of the decay that has engrossed our young people in society. And I'm talking about even University of Singapore. I'm talking all across University of Medicine and Dentistry of New Jersey. I'm talking about Rutgers. I'm talking about every single school you can think about in Kenya, here, abroad, wherever, in Germany, Universität Gießen, 
Ben Gurion, University of the Negev in Israel, all. So, so you find now abortion are the manifestation of that decay I'm talking about. And you also find that uh, many times now the young people, you know, the HIV infection is now catching up with them. They come to school very innocent, pure, and unadulterated, undefiled, unadulterated. But within a short time, you know, now I am HIV positive, they say. Hmm? Some of them, pregnancy. I am now pregnant. I have to go home. Hmm? Some of them, smoking bang, using cocaine. Eh? Some of them, stabbing each other with knives in the bars where they are drinking. All of a sudden, your young man, your your son, you know, he is now arrested and being charged with murder. Hmm? And yet they came to study. They came to mold their lives. Hmm? The manifestation of that decay that I'm talking about, the evil that the young people encounter and entertain in the university. Young innocent people hmm, coming to learn to build their future, all of a sudden caught up in smoking bang, using cocaine, and there are even guns in the university, illegal guns. Hmm? Uh, and then the dressing, you see now from the dressing of the girls and the boys, the sagging trousers. So these now become the manifestation of the cry, the fact that they are crying for help. They are crying for direction. These are the symptoms that all is not well. And that's why I thought this afternoon I would share a little bit on what kind of life ought you to live in universities. Hmm? What kind of life ought you to live as a young person, a young man, a young lady who is pursuing her studies in universities? And I'm talking about very women's university. I'm talking about Methodist, all the universities. Hmm? Mount Kenya. Huh? University of Chicago, Illinois. So what kind of life ought you to live as a young man, a young woman, pursuing your education in university? You can imagine in my position here, ever since the Lord called me, how many highly learned people have approached me have come to sit with me and ask me, please, man of God, we are asking for help. And they may be judges, lawyers, doctors, what? They come, they, they, the professors, they come and they ask me, man of God, we need your help. I, I need your help. They say, I need your help. And when you ask, what is the problem? Then they say, if you were to give me another chance, Man of God, I would have done it differently. Then I ask, what is the problem? Oh, you see, now I am HIV positive. If I were to be given another another chance, right from school, I would have done it differently. And and, and oh, now if I am in this situation. Oh, now my marriage is broken. Oh, now I have never. I keep losing my job. Hmm? Hmm? So I want to focus on this, doing it differently. They always say, if you gave me another chance, I would have done it differently. So what is this doing it differently that we may now bring to our young people in the university that they may now do it differently? And never run into this, you know, my blood is toxic, you know, I need to run South Africa, change blood, I need to do this, you know, I'm on air visa and all this. What is this doing it differently that they're always crying for things? Man of God, I, if I were given a chance back to my youth, I would have done it differently. That's what I want to focus on today. That those wise young men and women in the universities who are tuned in right now, 
that they may do it differently, that they may learn from the mistakes of this advanced generation. I want to give a model life, not really a model, but a, a, a common, a simple life, because I've already described this other life of drug addiction and all that, alcoholism. You find that every single Friday, most of the time, the young people in universities are preoccupied with where will I go to drink, where will we drink from today, where will we party from. And so Friday normally becomes a big day, and the pressure is so enormous on almost all of them in the university community. You find that on Friday the pressure is so high Every little, every girl is looking for where will I go drink, drink and party? Where will, do I have a boy who will take me out, a man? Huh? To drink some beer, drink some wine, drink some what? Party, disco. So Friday has every single young man is fighting where will I go this Friday? Where will we go to, to dance with girls or whatever? Friday has become a day when the university now, the young people, they team up, they group up. And they normally walk to pubs and drink themselves silly. They go to discos, you know. And then they, they, they drink, they, they, they get involved in that revelry and that touching. And that is now where decay, where the devil catches up with them. But that life has been lived in university across the earth. And now, in this dispensation, we are seeing people coming and regretting that that is the life they lived. Saying, man of God, if you gave me a chance, I would do it differently. So I want to focus on this differently here. What is this differently? I, I want to look at a simple life in the university, a young man, a young woman. You know that from Monday to Friday, you are very busy engaged in lectures. You are attending lectures, making your notes, and all this going on, one lecture theater after the other, Monday to Friday. And when Friday comes, this is what you ought to do. Those of you who are wise, who want to do it differently, that you may never come to me later on in life and say, man of God, if I were given a chance, I would have done it differently. This is what you ought to do if you want to do it differently. Those wise ones, those blessed ones, those that now the Lord chooses, if you want to do it differently, make sure that on Friday, when the pressure is too high, when people are like walking out of campuses, everybody's heading somewhere. Vehicles are coming to pick people. Sugar daddies, name it, huh? are coming to pick their girls, their women from university. Huh? Women are coming to pick their men, their boys from university. Others are going in groups to pick matatus, the public transport to head to town, to disco to bars, to drinking pubs, to movies. This is how you ought to do it differently. That for you as a young man in the hostels and the halls of residence, Friday is a critical day to catch up with yourself. Don't buy into this concept of, of to run with them, to join them, to join the multitude to join immorality. Friday ought to be a day when you need to wash your clothes. Washing your clothes with your own hand, washing them, washing your shirt, your trousers, your socks, what? Washing, tidy, a day for tidying up. Because remember, everything about university is preparation for life in future. It's training. It's a training ground. So even that preparing, washing your clothes, shirts, washing your trousers, washing your 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 your, your socks and so forth, 
you know, that also prepares you for becoming a responsible citizen of this country. And you dry your shirts on Friday, your people are going, but don't worry about them, let them go. You wash your clothes and mop your host, your, your hall of residence, your house, your room. Make sure you mop your room. Take water and clean your room, wash the kitchen area, dust up your television in your room, you know, your radio. Wash your clothes, let them be lined up in the line there, dripping and drying in that night. And prepare a nice meal that Friday evening, a young man in the university. Prepare yourself some little rice if you're cooking, you know. Prepare yourself little rice, little eh, beans, chicken, whatever it is that you prepare in your room, in the hall of residence. So when others have gone out to drink, for you, you have, you have already washed your clothes, you have cleaned your room, it's very tidy, and now you, 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 are, you are having a meal. You are sitting in your room having a meal. You have showered very clean in the, you, you're very clean. Remember the Lord requires cleanliness. You have showered, you are very clean. Your clothes are now airing out there, they're dripping the trousers, the shirts, the socks, the everything. And your, your shoes, you polished them, you know. And you're now eating a nice meal, the room is clean. When it comes about 9 p.m., the whole campus is quiet. People have gone out. But for you, you are doing it differently. That you may never cry later in life. That if you were given a chance, you would have done it differently. 9 p.m. Friday, open your books. Open your notes. And begin revising the lectures of the week. The lectures that you went through, that the lecturers gave you over the week, that is the time to catch up. That is the time to check your notes before the exams are announced, before the CAPS, the Continuous Assessment Test, are announced. That is the time for you to go through the notes, to open a textbook, and make references to what the lecturer was talking about. Many times, let's say a lecturer gives you some five points on, on a topic. When you listen, point number one, point number two, point number three, and you're making notes, points and all that. But when you are now reading on Friday evening, the campus is quiet, people have gone out. That is the time you can refer to textbooks. You still have time. And get point number six, number seven, up to ten. Look. Now you have 10 points on that aspect of the course. The lecturer only gave you five, and you have researched other, other books on this topic, and you have 10 points. If an exam came, the others will write five points. For you, you write 10 points, and then at that point you get 98%. Huh? Friday is the day to catch up, familiarize yourself with your notes, to make short summaries at the side as you're reading your notes. 9 p.m., you've washed your shirts, your trousers, you've cleaned the room, the socks, you polished the shoes, you've mopped your room, you've dusted the kitchen area, the TV you have already cleaned up, you know, and, and now you are reading Friday, 9 p.m., you've had your dinner. You are reading in your room, the rest are drinking in the bath in the discourse, they're smoking a pot out there, they're doing drugs, they're in immorality out there. And yet you are reading. 10 p.m., one hour. 10 p.m., you are tired. You can tune on your TV as a young man. You say, ah, let me watch uh, Discovery Channel today. Hmm? Or let me listen to Jesus Lord Radio today. Huh? And so you, you watch a TV program about how aircrafts were, are made. Huh? Watch a program uh, how the first vehicle was discovered, or who discovered how the first bike was invented. You know, you watch programs that sharpen you. You are spending quality time. You listen to Christian radio, and somebody is preaching on Christian radio. So you see, 
you are doing it differently. Very differently. 11 p.m. you're tired, you fall asleep. The next morning at at about, uh, let's say before before morning at about 3 o'clock, you hear them singing and shouting, coming back from discos. Coming back from immorality, the young men coming back from drinking, drunk. You hear them fighting, some of them shouting, singing. And for you, you are sound asleep, you are resting. When Saturday morning comes in university, in the halls of residence, and I'm talking about University of Chicago, University of Illinois in Chicago. I'm talking about Cornell. I'm talking about Harvard. I'm talking about uh, University of Minnesota. I'm talking about Egerton University, more University, University of Nairobi. I'm talking about Jomo Kenyatta University of Agriculture and Technology, Kenyatta University, Methodist, University of Tel Aviv, University of Jerusalem, all universities. You are resting. You have already washed your clothes. They are all clean now. You have already mopped your house. You had a nice meal. You spent one good hour catching up with your notes, revising, reading. And now you are sound asleep waiting for Saturday. When Saturday comes, very early in the morning after your breakfast, your shower, very early in the morning with your books, with your very clean trousers, clean shirts, you are heading to library. Before the library is open, you are standing at the door of the library. Saturday morning. Remember, Saturday is the day for you to catch up with reading in the library to get some books and make references and build up your lectures. Remember, the lectures, no, lecturers have limited time to cover their topics. So they will always give you lectures in a hurry and just give you points here and there. And it's up to you now, because you have come to pursue wisdom, to pursue knowledge, pursue understanding at the university. It is up to you now to go to library on Saturday and make cross-references, open other journals, other books about the same topic, and develop a deeper understanding of what the lecturer was talking about. The university academic staff expect you to be doing that. And so on Saturday, while the rest went to drink, they are nothing hungover, they are puking and vomiting, and one is vomiting all over the room, the other one, you know, is, is, is hungover, massive, thunderous headache. The, 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 everything is in chaos, you know. They are asking, how did I get here? I was too drunk. Did you people carry me here? I don't even know how I got to my room. That is their conversation. For you, Saturday morning, as the library opens, you enter and you go to one corner in the library there, put your desk in the corner, and begin to revise your notes. And you're reading your notes, you're making short summaries, summarizing the notes as a young man who has gone to university to do it differently. Huh? That you may never regret that I wish I would be given a chance again. I would have done it differently. Now I am telling you how to do it differently. Saturday morning you are reading, you are borrowing books from the, the, the counter of the library, you are, you are, you are, you are making notes, you are cross-referencing. If the lecturer gave two points, you, get, you, you have five points. You research many books until you get five points. If he gave five points, you, you, you research and get ten points very much prepared, such that you are very sure that if that exam came and they asked that question, everybody else would give five points, but for you, you would give ten points, and you are sure that you would be the lead student in that test, in that exam. Doing it differently in the university. And about 1 p.m., 2 p.m. Saturday, you are now tired. You collect your books and you walk away from the library. Well-dressed, very clean young man, young woman, huh? coming with books from library to your room. When you get to the halls of residence, you'll find them still meeting in groups. They're talking, oh, what a house that drink yesterday. 
Can you imagine I drank 10 beers yesterday? Oh, but can you imagine I finished a bottle of vodka? They will be talking a different story. They are gathering in their rooms. They are playing some secular music, and they are remembering how the disco was. For you, you have already spent Friday night with quality. You have prepared very well. You have read your notes one full hour of quality reading. And on Saturday, you spent six, seven hours quality reading and preparing, going through your notes. For them, they have not even read. Friday, they were drinking. Saturday, they're out. One is puking, looking for, oh, Christ, give me some Christ, give me some Sprite. Uh, give me a cold Christ, some lemon. I'm, I'm, I'm vomiting, you know, I'm hungover. For you, Saturday, already by afternoon, already you put in seven hours of quality reading and summaries and revision of your notes, familiarizing yourself with the notes. Saturday afternoon, Saturday you cook your meal, lunch, doing it differently. You cook your lunch, what remained yesterday, you eat it, you take some nap. About 3 p.m., wake up, start ironing your clothes. Iron your clothes yourself. It is time to instill discipline and responsibility, personal discipline, into our young people. Iron, endeavor to iron your clothes yourself. Iron the shirts and arrange all of them in the closet. Iron the trousers. Prepare them, the shoes, the socks, everything is dry. Saturday afternoon. And remember, Saturday morning, many times you see police officers in the campus. You see police detectives in the campus Saturday morning. And you hear stories, oh, some young men were drinking there yesterday and they fought and they stabbed each other with knives. Police detectives are looking for who killed, who are they, they stabbed each other and they killed somebody there. You will not be found in that. You hear police is looking for some young men that were drinking in that pub, they gang raped a woman. A woman was raped there. Who were the young men who were drinking in that bar? You who is doing it differently, will not be found there. You will not be, police will not be looking for you. You'll hear the police saying, what room number? Well, you hear young men panicking, running, and some trying to escape through the fence. Fear. And for you, you were busy in the library reading. They drank Friday night. They fought there. Who hit me? Who stabbed who the knife? Which young men were fighting for which girl? For you who have decided to do it differently, you will not be found there. Saturday evening when you're finished ironing your clothes, you're well-dressed, you know, you walk to the supermarket, to the shopping mall, to buy orange juice for the week, some rice for the week if you cook for yourself. Remember, your clothes are now clean and ironed, ready for the new week. Remember that your room is well mopped. You cleaned, you washed it, everything, no dust. Remember that you have revised your notes on Friday evening and Saturday. You have revised. You are now familiarizing, you have familiarized yourself with your notes. You are reading very well. You want to pursue knowledge, wisdom, understanding, and you are doing it right, doing it differently from the rest. Saturday evening, you're coming back with the shopping bags uh, from the shopping centers. Some of them are nothing, hungover. Some of them are, don't have money. They drank all their money. Some of them are wondering, how will I get money for tonight? We need to go to a disco Saturday night. Some of them are saying, look, I'm going to lie to my father. I will send him a text message, and my dad will send me some money. I will lie to him. I'm sick. For you, you will not be found in that lie. Huh? Monday, uh, Saturday, Saturday evening, Saturday evening, precious young men and women, my sons and daughters in the universities, Saturday evening, you prepare a nice meal, and then about 9 p.m., they're all going to discos again. For you, you open your notes in your room. You are busy reading. 
revising your notes. You're going through your notes. You're, you're, you're making new references. You're covering your notes, anatomy, physiology, biochemistry, sociology, psychology, whatever it is, education, law, economics, finance, whatever it is you're studying. IT, computer and software analysis, whatever. You are busy reading Saturday evening again. Remember, you've gone shopping, you brought your shopping for the week. The shirts and the trousers are well ironed in the closet. The shoes are well polished. Socks are clean. The house, the room is clean. And Saturday evening late when you're tired after reading, and now you can watch one hour of a documentary, let's say, on how, you know, how plants breathe. You don't know, like Discovery Channel, how big ships are built, huh? or how satellites navigate aircrafts. So, or you listen to a Christian radio and listen to a preaching. And then midnight or so, you are falling asleep, sound asleep. You have done it differently on that day. Sunday morning, when they come back drunk and they're making noise, some are crying, they fought on the way after they were drunk. They have a different story, but for you, for you, your story is very different from theirs. Sunday morning, you wear your very clean jacket and tie and suit. If you have a suit, it's very clean suit, polished shoes, and you hold your Bible and it's nice tie. You are heading to church. For them, they are still in hangover. Some of them are bleeding, they fought. Huh? Some of the girls are saying, oh, I see I'm pregnant. Huh? Some are saying, I see I'm infected. Because that guy I'm told had HIV. Oh, that woman I'm told had HIV. They are now living in that fear and trembling. But for you, on Sunday morning, police shoes, Nice suit, your tie, a nice tie. You are in church very early in the church. To the extent that at one point, the pastor will even become interested in you. The pastor will ask you, young man, come here. Which country do you come from? Where do you come from? Then you say, oh, I come from Kenya. Oh, you come from Kenya. Wow, keep it up. You have been a very, very uh, committed young man in this church. And the pastor will ask you, do you want to serve in the church? He might even ask you, can you move for me that piano? Move it this side. We need to close the church. The service is over. You'll see the pastor interested in this young man, this young woman. The pastor, in other words, trying to, to introduce this young person into service in the church. Why the others are just, they drank yesterday, they, they, they're still discussing hangover, who fought with who, who might be pregnant, who might be infected, all that. But for you, you are now in church, and the pastor is now saying, you asking, do you want to stop? I see you coming to church very early every day, every Sunday. Huh? Do you want to serve in the church? You say, yes, yes, sir, I want to serve, serve where? I want to be an usher at the door. I want to receive people at the door. So for you, you are doing it differently. When the others are running into trouble, for you, you are not found there. You are in church. And, and so when you're in church, all of a sudden the pastor is now put you at the door. You are receiving people in church every Sunday. You have clean suit. You might even have just one suit or just a clean jacket, a nice shirt and a tie and a different water, clean shoes, polished. You are now in church serving. And in church there, you'll be surprised. Maybe you are studying abroad in Singapore. Maybe you are in Germany. Maybe you are in the U.S., Canada, in Spain, in, 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 in Finland, Switzerland. And now in church, you'll find one family, one mature couple coming to you and saying, young man, how are you? We wanted to invite you today to come to lunch with us, Sunday lunch in my home. Now, look, you are not even lonely at all. A family now is inviting you to join them for Sunday lunch. 
And then in the evening, they drop you back to your halls of residence with a basket of fruits. Eh? With the, you know, they come now. Now all of a sudden, you have a family there where the university is. You know, you have a family that's interested, that is, is fellowshipping with you, and they ask you, how are you doing? How are your studies? You are not even lonely because many young people think that living a blessed life like this Doing it differently like, differently like this means being lonely. You're not lonely at all. In fact, they see you being driven in, being escorted, being accompanied in the evening. And while the others, why is it that while the others, the police is looking for them, yesterday they drank in the bar and, and they stopped. And, and sometimes you hear the story, you read it in the newspapers in this land that a young university girl went to have a party, a high-profile party. And then uh, they were drinking strong drinks. Her dead body was found on Waiyakiwe. Her dead body was found where? Huh? We have read those things in this country. You will not be found there. People stabbed each other with knives in a bar. You will not be found there. Why is it that you are not found there? I'm reading from the book of Job, chapter 28. And in the book of Job 28, he says, from verse 20, Job 28, verse 20, he says, Where then does wisdom come from? Where does understanding dwell? It is hidden from the eyes of every living thing, concealed even from the birds in the air, which means even the birds that are flying up there cannot know where wisdom is found. I'm talking about this wisdom that makes a young lady in the university, a young man in the university, to do it differently that they may never regret later in life and say, if I were given a chance, I would have done it differently. But then, that wisdom, he says in 20, Job 28, Job chapter 28, verse 20, he says, where then does wisdom come from? Where does understanding dwell? It is hidden from every living thing Concealed even from the birds in the air. Destruction and death say, only a rumor of it has reached our ears. God, God understands the way to it. And he alone knows where it dwells. For he views the ends of the earth and sees everything under the heavens. When he established the force of the wind and measured out the waters, when he made a decree for the rain and a path for the thunderstorm, he then looked, then he looked at wisdom and appraised it and confirmed it and tested it. And then he said unto men, Behold, the fear of the Lord, that is wisdom. And to shun evil is understanding. So my precious sons and daughters in the universities across the earth, now you can see for yourself that the reason that, you know, parents are in distress Oh, my son went to university. Then I'm told they fought, they stabbed each other with a knife. He has been arrested by police. Now we have to go to court. All of a sudden, a young man who went to study has destroyed his life. He is facing a murder case, murder charge in court. The parents are running up and down. They are weeping. They are distressed. The entire village is shocked. The whole university community is shocked. 
Oh, my daughter went to study, but she went for, for an abortion all of a sudden in university, and we are told she's admitted in the sick bay, admitted into the hospital. We are running. We are running. My daughter is about to die. She tried an abortion, which went bad. Huh? My son was found, they came from drinking, and some thugs met them, and the thugs killed one, or they shot them on the road at night at 2 a.m. 3 a.m. they came from drinking. And for you, you will not be found there. Your parents will not have that distress. Why? Because you have chosen to do it with wisdom, do it differently. And he says here, even destruction and death, if alcohol destroys, if alcoholism in the university is destruction, alcoholism cannot find you because he says destruction and death say only a rumor of wisdom has reached our ears. We don't even know where wisdom lives. We wish we knew where it lives. We would have gone there and called the people who are in wisdom and destroyed them. So destruction cannot even catch you. If you are a young man, live and a young woman, walking and living in wisdom in the university, the Bible decrees here that destruction and death do not even know where wisdom lives. That means the people that embody wisdom, the people that walk in wisdom, the people, the young men and women that carry wisdom, that live their lives with wisdom in the university, destruction and death cannot even find them. That's why if a young lady, we read in the papers the other day in Kenya, a young lady from the University of Nairobi, she went to a high-profile party yeah, in Westlands or wherever, and we read in the newspapers her body was found thrown on the road eventually. For you, you will not be found there. That death and destruction cannot even get you because you are living in wisdom. You are not there. If smoking bang and using drugs in the university is destruction and death unto a young man and a young woman, bang smoking and drug use will not find you because you have chosen to do it with wisdom. In other words, to live differently. Do it differently from the rest. Huh? If immorality is bringing HIV, AIDS, infections, and so forth, and, and that is death, then that destruction and death of HIV, AIDS will not find you as a young man and woman because you have chosen to live in wisdom, to do it differently. Hallelujah. And when Monday comes, when Monday comes, for you, you are ready for your lectures, your brain is fresh, well-rested, well-nourished, you ate good food in your own hall of residence, your room, the others are nothing hangover, their shirts are dirty, their trousers are dirty, their shoes are unpolished, but for you, your shoes are polished, your clothes are clean, and you are sitting in the lecture theaters. When the exams come, you are scoring 98. The next person to you scores 62. And that's why many times you hear the professors and lecturers asking, how is it possible that I lectured, I gave this course to the entire class in the same way, and one person gets 98, and the next, the next to him or her gets 69, 62, 59. Many times you hear the lecturers asking that, how come I taught the same class and one person 98% and the other one 59? The rest are 59 and below. And when the exams come, they cut. When they announce, they cut the continuous assessment test. For you, you will have gone through your notes three times, even four times. 
and those who drink their lives in the university and partying and drugs and name it, that time they're panicking, looking for notes. Oh, I missed this lecture. I missed this other lecture. Can you give me, borrow? Can you lend me your notes? Oh, they're, they're reading their notes for the first time. That's the time they're making notes. It is obvious that when the exams come, you are going to score high 90s, 89, 98. Because you've read your notes several, you prepared well. Even as a church, the Lord has told us to prepare well. There is power in preparation. And when, when the final exams, graduation comes, you hear first class honors. He has graduated the first class honors in law. First class honors in what? First class honors, whatever the cost. And the rest are languishing around. And when you go to the field, three years after graduation, you look at the young man and, and, the, and, and the young woman, and she's, she's well-dressed, she's smart, she's rushing to the office very early in the morning, Monday morning. Another one is coming, say, hey, hey, Jen, how are you? She looks at her friend Catherine, whatever the name is. And Catherine looks as if she's from the bar, Sunday morning. But Jen, who lives her life differently in the university, she's well-dressed in, in her suit, she's rushing with the briefcase, running to her office. Monday morning, her friend Catherine, he said, oh, how are you, Jen? I said, fine. So you got a job, a good job. Oh, yes, I'm an assistant director in this company. But how about you? Oh, me, I'm still looking for a job. In fact, I've just arrived by bus in the morning, looking for another job in another town, and I'm in between jobs. But this young man, young woman that did it differently, they did, they, they scored their marks, their grades. Even when you follow them outside, you find that they're always successful. And when they're drinking the bars, they say, today, today I met James. Eh? He's a season director. I can't believe it, of a company. And then they say, oh, but oh, one of that man used to be serious on campus. He used to read very hard. Now look, the rest are drinking, for you you are now successful. And if you want marriage, you marry in the church. You'll see such a young man that even his marriage is going to be done righteously. Her marriage, that woman, is going to be done righteously in the church, not in the bar. Not in the discourse. They don't look for husbands in discourse. Others will be going to look for husbands in disco and nightclubs. But this young lady, she will be in church. The Lord will send her a man in the church, a God-fearing man that will not abuse her. This young man that did it differently with wisdom. He has already established his choice that for me I shall live in the fear of the Lord, wisdom. And if any woman wants to marry me, she must measure up to the stature of the wisdom of God, the fear of God that I have. You can only attract people of your type. And the Bible says very clearly, precious people, in the book of Matthew, Matthew chapter 7, verse 13 and 14, it says, Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the road that leads to destruction. And many enter through it, but small is the gate, and narrow is the road that leads to life, and only a few enter it. So when the multitudes were going Friday night for disco, everybody must go to disco. In campus, they're leaving campus, they're going to look for parties, for alcohol, for discourse, for immorality, pornography. They're going to the brothels of prostitutes. Majority are walking that gate, the, the wide gate. But for you, who has chosen to do it differently in the university, you will walk the narrow gate. You will be very few in the university Friday evening. That's why the university will be quiet and peaceful. You can read. Because you are only few that are walking this road. 
There are only few that are reading up to midnight, Friday night. They are not in the discos, in the bars, in the nightclubs, in the brothels, in the pornography joints, in the drug addiction corners. Very few. And he says that leads to life. The, the, the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. And this is the same highway that you see in Isaiah chapter 35, verses 8 and 9, that there shall be a way, it shall be known as the way of holiness, and it shall be only for those who walk in that way. And he says, the devourer, that the wild beasts will not be found there. If you choose to live your life differently with wisdom in the universities, if HIV AIDS is a wild beast that is killing our young people in the university, it will not find you because you are walking the highway of holiness where the wild beasts, the devourers, cannot be found. You are walking the way that has been fortified by Jesus for the few who choose wisdom, the fear of the Lord. Hallelujah. If abortion is killing our young women in the university, you who decide to do it differently with wisdom, you cannot be found there. Oh, she aborted in a clinic, a makeshift clinic in the dark street, eh? a cheap clinic for abortion. Now she has been infected in the uterus. What? You will not be found there. Because for you, you are walking the narrow road, the narrow gate, the highway of holiness, where the beasts, the devourers are not found. Fortified and shielded. This highway is shielded by the Holy Spirit. Death and destruction cannot find you there. So today, whether you are in the University of Southern California, whether you are in the UCLA, San Francisco, whether you are in Caltech, California Institute of Technology, whether you are in MIT, Massachusetts Institute of Technology, or you are in Boston Medical School, Massachusetts General Hospital, wherever you are studying from, or you are in Egerton, you are in Moy, you are in Massinde Moliro, you are in Cabaret, you are in Maseno, you are in Great Lakes University. It does not matter wherever you are. University of Ben Gurion, University of Haifa, University of Chicago, Singapore, Seoul in South Korea. Wherever you are today, this is the highway. This is the way of life, the lifestyle you ought to live in order to build your life into a productive citizenry, into a responsible young man and a future responsible citizen of your country. And when Jesus comes, you will still even enter the kingdom of God. Shalom.